McMaster University has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world, and they are some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we meet alumni in the arts, cutting edge entrepreneurs, alumni leading the way in health, technology, education, and more, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. Joining me today is Diana Marhinian, a 2016 MAC graduate with a degree in nursing. Shortly before graduating, Diana still was very unclear about her future career path and did not feel ready to start working. She knew she had three main interests of teaching, mental health, and anatomy and physiology, which led her to pursuing a Master of Science degree. Diana describes how she took so many twists and turns and a little bit of risk, but eventually ended up in a very content place. She moved from Hamilton to Kingston, met her best friend there, and started her practice as a nurse. Diana currently works as a project lead knowledge translation specialist in the forensic psychiatric program at St. Joe's Healthcare Hamilton. Please join me for our conversation where we talk a little bit about Diana's new job and the longest title that anybody I've interviewed so far on Unconventional has. Welcome, Diana. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for our podcast, Unconventional. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. So let's go back in the Wayback Machine when you were an undergrad student. And were you a student that had a master plan that you knew exactly what you're going to do when you walked across the stage, got your diploma and off you head off for McMaster? Did you did you have it all mapped out or was it a little bit different for you? Oh, gosh, no, I was one of those people that had no idea what they were going to do, which I think is quite common uh, with a lot of uh, undergrad students. I had a rough idea of sort of the area I would be working in. I knew that I liked science and I knew that I liked the human body. That's kind of it, though. It sort of just stopped there. So I just said, you know, I'll figure it out eventually. Uh, I didn't have like an exact job title that I was looking out for. Um, and I think I think it's something important to highlight that it's it's okay to not know. Back then, I didn't know that, but looking back, it's I definitely could have reduced some some of my anxiety if if I had known that. Um, until you kind of start having more experiences and then meeting new people, that's sort of how you kind of formulate this better idea of like, okay, this is this is something that I want to try. So yeah, definitely didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> And so after McMaster, you went to Queens where you decided to do graduate work. Was that a, was that like a natural step for you? Like, had you thought you were going to do graduate work or did you, it take you a bit to figure out, okay, I do want to go back to school. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I think it was more so the latter. I think going into my undergrad, I was in that sort of mindset of, I don't know where this is going to take me. We'll see what happens. I don't know what I'm doing after I could work. I could continue school. Who knows? Um, and then sort of as I, as it progressed and I got closer and closer to my last year, I really had to sit down and think, okay, what am I actually doing and what do I want to do? And so it did feel like a natural progression. I said, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, I, I feel like I have the energy to go back. Um, I sort of still have this enthusiasm about school. Uh, and I think it, it did feel sort of good to go back and, and think about what I wanted to focus my studies on. 
uh, still in the health field. And I'm, I'm glad I, I did do that. Uh, as, as you know, I, I did graduate from a master's of anatomy, so human body, which was very, very cool. Uh, so it felt natural to go and down that route immediately after graduating. So after you graduated from Queens, you came back to Hamilton and you yeah. did something that was a little bit unusual and very interesting and uh, a wonderful, um, I guess, community initiative in that we have this bus driver. His name is Friendly Frank uh, Palin and he works for the HSR. And if my understanding is correct, if I remember the story, he would sing to students. He was, was he on the university line or the West Hamilton? One of those buses that go yeah the West Hamilton I think West Hamilton and he would sing and you came back and you started a GoFundMe campaign for Frank to support international students in need so okay so when did you do you remember Frank when you were a student why did you start to do this and and what did you hope to do I mean it was a great success and it was such a lovely story yeah yeah it was very surprised I was very surprised by how everything sort of panned out and turned out in the end I didn't plan for anything to happen, but it just sort of happened. Um, but yeah, I did remember Frank from, from my undergrad, my early undergrad days. I remember I was waking up really tired going to my early lecture and he'd be on the bus, like all, you know, happy and positive. And I'm like, I wish I was like that every morning, but he would, I remember he would always sing and students, you know, everybody around me, including like, I, I saw everybody's sort of face brighten up a little bit and I'm like this this is so nice like what a what a kind gesture to do especially to students and yeah I just I thought it was really nice and um then yeah after I I had seen that post on the spotted at Mac page on Facebook I I just sort of on a whim decided let me try this GoFundMe thing I, I've heard of it I've never done it myself I've never set one up so I just did it learned how to do it and I posted it, I reposted the link on Spotted anonymously. And I just said, you know, I this is in relation to that previous post. You know, if, if we want to donate some money, maybe we can buy something, buy something for him really cool. We'll see how it turns out. And I was shocked, like I said, by by all of the traction that it gained. I, I guess Frank had a, a big impact on on all of the students. Well, it's you know, when I think back, I I still remember like a couple of the I lived in Woodstock Hall and went to eat at the Commons all the time. And there was a couple of fellows who would always like be at the end and they'd help to clean up the tables. And, and you you see them every day. Like these people become part yeah. of your university fabric. And it was just, uh, you know, they, they I remember them still. And I forget some people who lived on my residence floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These are some of the faces that sort of contributed to your experience. So you win the prize of having the longest title that anybody I've interviewed for the podcast <laughs> right now. And so I'm just going to read it out. And then I'm going to ask you to explain to me what exactly you do. So yeah. here it is. Project lead knowledge translation specialist in the forensic psychiatric program at St. Joe's Healthcare Hamilton. Is that correct? <laughs> and what the heck do you do? <laughs> so I get that question asked a lot, um, but I do a little bit of everything. Uh, I know that's sort of vague, but basically in a nutshell, um, we do a lot of, we have a lot of different projects here in the forensic psychiatry program here at St. Joe's. So the forensic psychiatry program is a smaller subdivision of the mental health and addictions program um, at St. Joe's West Fifth site. So I basically help lead various projects 
that happen within our forensic program, um, helping with education and knowledge translation. So taking research uh, that we conduct here or elsewhere and helping translate that, so to speak, uh, to uh, our patients, to staff, to the community in sort of more layman's terms so that people, people can understand sort of what this research is about. And in doing so, this helps uh, ensure the provision of evidence-based care to uh, the health healthcare practitioners when we're actually providing care for um, our population. Our population is a very niche uh, subcategory of mental health patients. And mental health has become so important as that's one thing I think that we've learned so much over the mm -hmm. of COVID and, um, and it's been, you know, we talk about it more, which is a good thing. And yeah, and we share more and there's lots more services and stuff. So is, is that a passion for you? I mean, you're in that sort of area, but is that something that you've always had an interest in? Yeah. Um, I've always, had this sort of interest in, in mental health alongside my sort of medical brain that I that I also have with my anatomy. But mental health sort of struck me uh, in second year when I actually had a placement at St. Joe's uh, as a student, a nursing student. And um, it was ever since that placement that I thought, wow, this is an area that I didn't really know much about. And I, I know so many people, and I'm sure yourself included, that we know have been impacted by mental health and mental illness. So um, I just thought, you know, it would be very, a very unique experience to focus my energy in this field. And uh, yeah, I do feel very passionate about sort of progressing and moving forward and having more conversations about mental health for sure. So you took nursing at McMaster and you don't mm -hmm. necessarily have the most traditional, you know, post nursing career. Um, right. So do you think that's going to be a trend within nurses that they don't necessarily go straight to the hospital or are you, are you the exception to the rule? Um, I think the majority, like the majority of my colleagues and friends did immediately start working after uh, we graduated. And I sort of felt like the outlier, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not working. I just, I wasn't sure where I wanted to work exactly. So I, I took that time to continue my studies and then I still turned around and, and worked as a nurse on the floor after uh, my master's um, in mental health. So um, I did work a little bit on the floor and gained some experience that way. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it's important to still sort of maintain that contact with patients. It's what we were taught right from the get-go. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I do have a quite a unique sort of trajectory and path, career path. Well, I, you know, most people when they think, okay, I'm going to go with a nurse yeah. like, into nursing, like I have my path, right? So you're a little bit different, but that's cool because as you have a, as I said, the longest title of anybody in the interview <laughs> on the unconventional part. <laughs> I just refer to myself as KT specialist. Okay. I like that. It's simple. Yeah. <laughs> so the past year has been one, well, really I should say the past 15 months has been no one it would have expected Yeah. Um, where we are and uh, the pandemic. So what have you learned about yourself for, during this time period? That's a good question. And really forces yourself to reflect a little bit, but I think the two main things that I would sort of reflect upon this past year is that I've really gained a much more or a better grasp of just learning to be more flexible and understanding 
and that can really go a long way and that means you know both personally uh or within within one's career um as as you mentioned the the past 15 months have been changing so rapidly situations have been changing people have been changing opinions have changed um and i think being flexible in these circumstances is just critical and it's really a good coping mechanism for your mental health and doing so um for instance in in my example i've been redeployed three separate times um outside of my kt role i've done the screening at the front door i've been vaccinating at the covid clinic on at our west fifth site um, i've been recovery staff at our uh vaccination clinic and i've just recently been supporting the management team in our forensic program as a lot of our um, managers and staff have been redeployed um, lately so it's been a whirlwind um, but being flexible is very very key uh, during these times and then as I mentioned being understanding is also very important you don't know what people are going through during these times um, and you know, I can only assume that every single person on this planet has been impacted by COVID to some degree. Mm -hmm. So being understanding is just very important from all aspects, physically, mentally. Um, and you know, just thinking that there's already some individuals that have been living with the mental illness before this even began. So I can't imagine how much this past year has impacted those individuals. Um, but Personally, I've seen, you know, a lot of resiliency from our patients, from our staff throughout these times. So it's been also, you know, a good feeling and I've been feeling grateful to be a part of this and being able to, to be that support person for, for a lot of people during these times. So just being flexible and understanding, I think is sort of the main message. So what's your, what's your stress reliever, right? Like, what do you like to do to to really, uh, you know, relieve your stress and, you know, shake yeah, your head out? That's, that's a good question. Um, I really like being outside. I'm a quite an adventurous person. I like being by the water. I like